Buenas noches. Estoy muy contento de estar aquí con ustedes. Si usted me entiende, uh, levante la mano. Gracias. Por favor, absténgase de participar en lo que va a ocurrir más adelante. Soy de Lima, Perú, y estoy trabajando con gente sorda. Y en este momento, ustedes están teniendo un momento sordo. Porque así como no me entienden, los sordos tampoco nos entienden porque no nos escuchan. Y ustedes ahora van a seguir las órdenes que yo les doy en castellano. Así que sé que son muchos, están apartados y yo quiero que todos ustedes vengan hacia adelante, por favor. ¿Vamos? Quiero que todos se muevan y vengan hacia adelante y se sienten acá adelante, por favor. Ya pues. Parece que ustedes no quieren entender lo que yo digo. Efectivamente, no comprenden. You just had a death moment. Because as I spoke to you in Spanish, you did not understand a word that I was saying, besides somebody else that speaks Spanish here. But that's what's happened with deaf people, you see. If all of us, Spanish and English-speaking people in this particular room, were picked up and thrown in the middle of China, and we were instructed in Chinese that we needed to go out and live and earn and work and eat and do everything and think and communicate in Chinese, could we do it? Obviously not, unless you had some basic knowledge of Chinese, at least, to eat. But that's the situation of the deaf in many parts of the world. We assume that they can understand us. We think that they know what we are saying when we say, oh, you're deaf, and then you begin to speak louder, hoping that they will hear. And that is not the case with them, because it just doesn't work. Of course, there are the things that you can do for them to hear. But in the school setting, they're only told that they need to read lips. So, You can't do that. Reading lips is an art. I say it's an art because some people can't do it. But they only get 80% of the information. So we have here a group of successful people, business people, students, and everybody else who is trying to earn a living and learning in the school. And we know for a fact that if we want to succeed, 
we cannot succeed with 80%. We need 100% in order to be able to succeed. The deaf is the same thing. Through voicing, through lip, uh, through lip reading, they cannot succeed. But there is a way that they can do it, and it is with their hands. Every Sunday, you have a group of deaf people here with an interpreter. That's one way to understand it. They can communicate, they can understand facial expressions, body movements, and they can really show how they feel inside. And they could be really upset as much as really happy or impatient or I don't want to talk to you, I'm fighting with you. And they can express that way. So where is all this taking us? Do you know that there are 250 million deaf people in the world? These are figures given by the UN. And not long ago, about four years ago, in a meeting in Geneva, they uh, came up with the Act of Disabilities, Disabilities Act in which they emphasize the needs of, uh, to, that we as hearing people, as we as normal people, uh, we need, needed to recognize their needs and their rights. Um, and among all of them, the deaf. And for the first time in history, an official document, an official international document, mentioned sign language as an official language and the only way for the deaf to communicate fully. Now, I tell you, if you go to some countries, you'll find out that deaf people do not have an opportunity. Like that's the case of Peru. The law says a lot of things, but there is no ways to enforce all of them. First of all, they have no interpreters. Secondly, they don't have the proper school to do it. And third, they just simply don't want to do it because they don't know how. But then you have countries like the US, in which everything is available. There are support plans for them. They have interpreters, very well-trained interpreters, from literature to science to everything. A deaf person can do just about everything and learn anything through science, including the gospel. How do we need to present the gospel? We need to use it with our hands. We need to go to that country, the deaf country, learn the language, learn how they take, learn how they feel, and then share with them their lives, and then share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there is one international sign language, or one international sign that is very much recognized around the world, and this is this one. This is the sign of Christ, the nails on the cross, the nails in his hands that is recognized. Now, you will say, why is that an international sign? Because many people assume that sign language is an international language. Everybody ought to know it. They communicate among themselves. If you know your Bible, that's not possible. A very famous tower that was built 
Uh, oh dear Lord, confounded everybody so this way they would not reach up to the skies and to heavens. With the deaf is the same thing. We have sign language, American sign language, which is in the United States have taken the lead on that, and so you have Canadians and maybe Bahamians and some other English-speaking countries who have adopted sign language, American sign language, as a way of communicating. But each country has its own way of communicating. There is no such a thing as Peruvian sign language, or, I'm sorry, Amer uh, Spanish sign language. Each country has its own way. Peru has its own way, Brazil has its own way, Chile is another one, Bolivia another one. Every country has its own way of signing. And that's what makes it difficult to go and simply say sign language and then you can talk or preach. No, because it's different in each country. Just like English or Spanish. You know, you get people from Australia or England and Brooklyn and California and some Bahamians as well. And when they, you put them together, it'll be a while before they can, get, they can get talking. And it is the same thing in Spanish. We had some Central Americans, with some South Americans and Argentinians who think they are the best in the world. And so things are kind of a hectic in that situation, and communication becomes a, an issue until they work it out. It is the same thing with the deaf. But the way of communicating with the deaf is quite different. In Europe, especially England, they use their hands. A, E, I, O, U. In Peru, it's finger spelling, you know, A, B, C, D, E, etc. So the, prince, the fact that we have to go to a country, we have to go through the process of learning the culture and the country and the language in order to present the gospel. This is the world, the hearing world where we are, but within that hearing world there is a deaf world. We can go in and we can get out. We can go in and learn what they're doing and we can get out and share with you. But the deaf that is in there cannot come out and share with you. We need someone like me or an interpreter to go in, come out, and share with you. Or what we can get from here is go in to share, the, to share with them, like the gospel. And this is what we're doing in Peru with deaf people. 250 million around the world, about 75,000 in Peru. In a city of 10 million in Lima, we have about 10,000. We have five different groups, and we're all reaching out to them with interpreters, with leaders, training leaders, for them to become uh, efficient in sign language and also efficient in, uh, in re re uh, reading and writing. But also they are being trained to teach the younger ones. This, a few minutes ago, I shared at the prayer meeting that we were that I asked prayer for two young ladies who are adults. They cannot go to university because in Peru they cannot go to university. The government does not allow them to go to university because they are deaf. 
they've been trained to teach, and they love Jesus Christ because both became a Christian through our ministry. And they now act as teachers to younger children. And they need our prayers for them to continue what they are doing because they are looked look up to by so many children because these children do not have the training or the love or the communication that you and I get at home because most of the time a deaf child is born in a hearing home and a deaf and a hearing parent goes from doctor to doctor to doctor trying to find out a cure for that deafness as if he was a cold. And then they find out that it doesn't work that way. So they need to learn sign language. So all these 20, 31 years that my wife and I went to Peru just to give one year of our lives to the Lord, and now 31 years later, we're still working with this group of people. And it was about 20 or 29 years ago that Pastor Arnett went to Lima and saw what we were doing with the deaf. But at the same time, we developed a work with street children, and he invited me to come here. I have just shared with you just about everything I wanted to say because I just didn't know where to start. But I'm going to show you some pictures. I'll probably say the same thing again, but you will have a face to what I just have said. Please share with me one more minute more, please. As 10 million people, it's an old city. This is the city, go ahead, please, next. It's old, the Spanish. Lima was the entry point for the Spaniard to come to the Americas, and it was the last place where they put, were pushed into the ocean uh, when the independence came. Uh, it's a rich country in the sense of history, but it also has its problems. Go ahead. Please, the next. Like I said, it's also a country of contrast. There is a lot of richness in the country, but it's also a lot of poor people. And this is where the title of this conference, Touching People, Changing Lives, uh, comes to, to mind. Because take, please take us to the next. If you see my face in there, uh, I kind of half asleep. I didn't even comb my hair. And the reason being is that the young man next to me showed up in my house at quarter to five in the morning. And... He had just found out where I was living. Uh, Pastor Annette, this is for you. This is young man was one of the children that we met in the street when he was just eight years old. And a very long story to make it short, I took the time from the street, picked him up, took him home. He had run away from home because he had fought with his mother. His stepfather was beating him up. I took him back, and he asked forgiveness from his mother because I told me he needed to do that. And I said I would go back to his house the next day. The time I took him back was 2 o'clock in the morning, and he was living in a very difficult area. Following day, I went back, and I 
help the family, share a bit of the gospel. He went back to school. I lost touch with him. He came back to a program. I lost touch with him again. And now, 20 years later, he heard that I was back in Lima. And he looked me up, quarter to five in the morning. He showed up. He told me, hi, profe. I'm Ernesto. I'm a, uh, you're profe Ernesto, and you don't remember me. My name is Jorge. Remember me? And, of course, I could not remember him because he changed quite a bit. And then he told me all the things I have done. And he said, you know what? I love Jesus. The same Jesus that you told us long ago. And you know what? I'm married. I have two children, two girls now. And my wife is the daughter of a pastor. We go to church. I'm living in the south. Sorry for waking you up. Because I was coming from the north. I was sent on a job. And I was going back. And I knew I had to stop in Lima. And so, sorry for the time again. Because... Uh, someone just told me where you were, and we had breakfast, and about 8 o'clock he left. And so, Pastor Arnett, you saw what we were doing in the street. We touch lives, and ch- lives have been changed for the better. Next, please. Next, please. That's how Lima is on the outskirts. It's a desert-like I was telling you about, this, about the, the, the problem that the government has with the deaf over there. In the United States, um, there was a program called mainstreaming. I don't know if you have the same thing here. But um, the deaf was pulled out of all the schools for the deaf, and they were mainstream. And they were uh, put in this beautiful school. Go ahead on the next one, please. And the next one, it was state-of-the-art school. And the next one. And the carpets, everything was beautiful. Like you see this child in there and a teacher. But the, difference, the, the problem was that the, the school was beautiful. But the system that they were using is that the teachers did not know sign language. And the school was to be an all-inclusive school, so they had hearing children and deaf children. And the, the, the teachers did not know sign language. Who do you think got the teaching? Who learned? The hearing children. The deaf children were left behind. Go on to the next one, please. So we had trained interpreters. We had trained uh, deaf people to become in, uh, leaders and interpreters. We have worked with teachers for the deaf. But we discovered that most of the children ended up in groups and disconnected from the families. And we were trying to figure out why we were failing. And we discovered that the best thing to do was to go back to the very basic of the family unit. So we began teaching mothers, hearing mothers of deaf children how to sign. Go on to the next one. So this is one of our girls who is teaching two mothers and two deaf children. Now, this, the peculiarity of this thing, of this particular uh, parents and children was that both, one of them had no control over her child and the other one, this school system had labeled her as autistic, so she couldn't learn. So go on. And here you have them. Uh, one year later, this, this, this child has come out of his uh, problems. Uh, on the left, you have Vanessa 
And on the right, you have Patty, the two girls who have trained with us to be teachers, and they are now linguistic models as well as the adults, adult uh, teaching the mothers to work with their child. We are not there to teach the kid. We are there to teach the hearing pairing to communicate with her or his child. Go on to the next one, please. And so here you have a group of mothers. We, this was two years ago. We had two. Now we have seven. And this school year that just began, began today, the school year in Peru began today, we are going into, into winter, uh, we have 12 mothers. And, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, so other, group, other programs are looking into what we are doing to see uh, where our success is in which the kids are getting to be um, coming out of those situations in which communication is, is an issue. Go on to the next one, please. And so you have a bunch of them. And the next one, a mother teaching her child or directing, doing homework with him in science. And uh, I can show you the rest of these pictures, and you will see nothing but people adults, mothers, trying to teach the kids. And our message in there is that unless we do it at home, for them, their children will not succeed. And we who are parents here, we know that. Even with hearing children, communication is an issue. With the deaf, it's even worse. And this is where we are concentrating our efforts now in ministry to work with the mothers or the fathers of these deaf children. So this way they can grow up, go, up, go home, and have someone to communicate with. Because most of the time, these kids go to school, they have other classmates in sign language, and they communicate in sign with other deaf. Some teachers may, may sign. But then when they go home, there's nobody there who understands them. So they grow up to be 14, 15, and then this child goes home, eats, asks for money, takes a shower, sleeps, gets up, leaves the house, and goes and gets together with a group of people, with a group of people he can communicate with, which are the deaf. Now, what has been the problem there is that most of these children are growing on their own. And some of the girls already 15, 16, are pregnant. No guidance from the parents, no guidance from school, and so we are going back to basis to teaching the parents in order to be able to communicate with the kids. So please go on. And here we are. The girl on the left was, uh, like I said, autistic. They said he was autistic. The one in the middle was so shy, he wouldn't even look at me. And you can see the results of all of that. Go on. And uh, the, the girl on the left is a hearing girl, and she's learning signs because her brother is deaf. Go on. And here's a, a group of people. Well, I'm going to stop there because time is going fast. Um, I'm sorry for this rudimentary presentation, but 
I had everything in a cartridge that was left in another church, and it never arrived on time. And so I had to put hastily together this for you. So forgive me. And to touch lives, to change them. To present the gospel, we need to come down to their level. To death is no exception. We need to come to them, learn their language, learn their culture, learn how they express themselves, and then we can communicate with them. Because there is a culture now, there is a new word called deafhood. And the sign for deafhood is deafhood, what's inside, inside of me. And I'm proud to be, to have this. The deaf is becoming more militant and speaking out, signing out for the rights of people, of a person. And we Christians, we need to be on the lookout for this and be alert because the Lord Jesus will not come back until we reach out to the deaf of the world. And we need to be on guard too because Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, are going to those countries proselytizing and presenting their own gospel. The same thing is happening with Muslim. Venezuela, with all the problems that it has, has a huge um, mosque that has become the jumping point to the rest of Latin America. Venezuela is an oil-producing country, has lots of contacts with the Arab world, and the Arab world has put a huge Muslim uh, temple in there where they send missionaries, including the deaf. Please pray for what we are doing in Peru because we are also being asked to help in countries like the like Jamaica. We four years ago I was asked to go to Jamaica and I encounter a Bahamian deaf person and I thought he was a missionary. He told me he was a missionary from this church, but then I found out he wasn't. But uh, also Jamaica is going through some troubles, and Jamaica has probably the highest incidence of deafness in the world. And they need for the insular situation, and I don't know what's different with with the Bahamas as far as being an island, but Jamaica has the highest incidence of deafness in the world, and they need our help. Pray for the deaf of the world. Lord Jesus will not come until each one of us, each one of them, will be rich with the good news of the gospel. God is good. God is faithful. And we're working to make that happen, including the deaf. And you have them in here. Learn their ways. Communicate with them. Learn signs. And God loves you. In Christ's name, amen.